Hey there, welcome. You're listening to Into the Mind with Marlon Johnson. And honestly, the more I do these intros, the more I think I need to find somebody to make me a really catchy jingle at the beginning. And that way I can have these intros automated. But that's besides the fact. If you're here again, today is episode five, and we're going to be interviewing Alan Avji. And Alan is seriously such a hustler. Oh my God, the kid is 24 years old and he's already done so much. His resume is very impressive. From the age of 16, he had already had a successful drop shipping business where he earned enough money in high school to buy himself a brand new BMW M6. Since then, he has gone on to start and fund many entrepreneurial endeavors through which he's had a lot of ups and also a lot of downs. He's learned a lot about how to run a successful business and now he is in the real estate investment game and he is taking over the New York, Long Island, Nassau and Suffolk County market. This kid is the real deal. You definitely want to be following him. I really shouldn't be calling him a kid anymore at this point. He's a man But, you know, he and I were about the same age, so I can't help but refer to people around me as kids because in my heart, I'm a kid. Listen up to what Alan has to say, and hopefully you get some value out of this. Remember, if you receive any sort of value, I need you to go ahead and smash that like button, share this with a friend, leave a comment, and click on the notification so that you are ready for the next episode because the guests are only going to get bigger and better and that's saying something coming from who you're about to listen to today oh what's up fellas what's up everybody today my guest is alan abji am yeah. i saying your last name right by the way alan abgi alan abgi yeah all right alan abgi there we go it's all right i grew up with that yeah. Teachers used to call me alone sometimes. Oh man, that's got to suck. Yeah, it was all good. I all still right. get it all the time. So, I almost just called you alone because you put it in my head. It's all right. It's alone at the top, right? Yep. So. Not there yet, though, but whatever. All right. So, Alon, seriously, one, it's cool reconnecting with you. You and I met about maybe four or five years ago at this point. We met up at Eisenhower Park. I was out doing some parkour. You were doing some bar stars, calisthenic training. Yeah. And we just, we connected on the movement, which was really cool. And it was good vibes. From the beginning, your group of friends were there, my group of friends were there, and like the whole group just came together. We were chilling. And I don't think either of us knew that we were gonna know each other long past that day. It was just hanging out, exploring movement together, and just being a couple kids at the park, really. Yeah, yeah. And that was what? Five years ago now? Six years ago? Seriously. And now, like, our paths are starting to cross again because I've stepped into the entrepreneur and investor space. You've been in this entrepreneur investor space. And here we are today because of a relationship that got built so long ago. That's something I'm going to want to bring up later and tap into later. But what I want to start with today is learning a little bit about you and your backstory, about your journey with entrepreneurship and what that looked like. You know, you are a you're an immigrant to the country correct yeah so you came here you weren't even born here and you've had a pretty interesting story i actually heard it on our buddy justin's and frank's their podcast young minds podcast yeah i heard a bit of your story there but i never actually got to get the story from you in person so if you're cool with it i would love to 
catch that story right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'll brief it up a little bit so we don't go through <laughs> 24 years. But uh, my parents uh, met in Israel when my mother was in the Israeli army. Um, they got married in Israel pretty quickly, and they were real young, super young, and some uh, some shit hit the fan over there. My grandfather passed away. My parents didn't want to be there any longer, so they moved to America. And um, and when we came to America, I mean, it was starting totally fresh. You know, all of us, me, my brother, my sister, my dad, my mom, the five of us grew up in like an attic in uh, the middle of Long Island. And um, every day it was a daily battle, you know. Mom and dad would grind at work. They'd go crazy morning to night. Um, my, the landlord at the house happened to stay home a lot, so she kind of looked after us. Uh, I have amazing parents. They've always been the best parents in the world. They would work nonstop so we could uh, have food on the table and, you know, just move on to the next stage and the next stage and, and the next stage. And long story short, my parents saved up enough and uh, bought a pickup truck, not a pickup truck, uh, a van. Nice. And uh, the van, my mom was working at a furniture store at the time, and she would hire my dad to do the deliveries, so he would deliver mattresses. And uh, and then they saved up from that, because my dad didn't speak a lick of English, not one word. Oh, no way. Yeah, back That's then. That's crazy. So he learned English just throughout being here by himself and figuring it out. Wow, that's even tougher, coming to a whole new country, brand new place, new friends, new relationships, new neighborhoods, and not even speaking the language. Yeah, no friends. They had no time for friends. Wow. You know, and um, and then they ended up saving up enough to open their own furniture store. And uh, fast forward a few years, they bought the store that my mom used to work at, and they had a few stores, and things were going well, and then the economy collapsed. And all throughout this time, I was a little kid, and uh, my brother and sister and I was always trying to figure out how to make some money. So uh, I would go to the golf course and hire two kids to tag along with me. I'd give them half of what I would get paid to caddy for the guys in Sayville. Um, we jump over the fence and run over and just ask them if they would let us, you know, we'd, I mean, the amount of things I did to try and make a dollar was ridiculous, you Dude, know? that's insane. So with that, where did that, like, was that from your parents? Were they encouraging you to do that or were you coming up with these ideas on your own of, yo, like, I'm going to go figure out how to hustle for some money and make this happen, you know, because that, that's pretty ballsy, like being a kid and like saying like, oh, look at the, I'm golfing over there. I'm about to jump over, see if I can get a little money, get a little work out of this. Yeah. So yeah, that was, I mean, it wasn't, my parents always encouraged us to figure it out, but it was like there wasn't an option. You know, it was like there is no money. So if you don't figure it out, you're not going to get it, you know. And although I always hear like, oh, people talk to me and tell me, you know, you don't come from it from money so it's uh we they have the advantage i did you know although i agree you know there is a monetary advantage i think i have an advantage because a lot of people that i work with or that are in the same industry uh, it's generational real estate it's a generational heavy industry you know nepotism is real in real estate um absolutely so i had to feel that you know they didn't have to feel that a lot of the people I work with which is okay you know more power to them if they become cocky and whatever I don't want to deal with them and I'm always real to myself you know if I don't want to deal with them because of that go fuck yourself but anyway <laughs> I'm I was always lucky not to have it and I grew up struggling uh, to always want it and even even a lot of it was by choice 
you know, because at a certain point, I could have gotten uh, work from my parents and delivered mattresses and uh, and collected a hundred bucks a day. You know, mind you, the economy collapsed. It was a big mess. They were saving everywhere they can. When I worked for them, I worked for free. And at that point, I realized I have to make money too. Um, so it was, listen to my day. 5 a.m., I'd get up, I'd go running. I'd go to school by 7. 7 till, I believe it was 2 o'clock. I was at school. I got off last period. Um, I would shoot out to the warehouse out in Copeg. Uh, bring in furniture from California, Texas, and China online because nobody could see me behind a computer screen. I was 16 at the time. Wow. Bring in furniture, uh, wrap it up myself, um, ship it out with FedEx, shoot back to school for wrestling practice, uh, wrestle for two to three hours, leave wrestling practice, shoot back to Copeg to go over the... Uh, the FedEx trucks that came and picked up, uh, compare the tracking numbers, you know, deal with customers because I let the line connect straight to the store at the time. Um, and then I'd come back home at like 10, 11 at night every day. Years I did that. Years, you know, so it was just a daily battle my whole life. Um, and I'm, and it's by choice, you know, I, in the beginning I had to and then I wanted to. Right. And now I'm I'm so happy I dealt with that and worked with that. And keep in mind, my parents also in the same boat. They always grinded. You know, till this day, my father and I work together. My dad is morning to night, loving every day. You know, and uh, it's amazing. It's this is the best life I could have asked for, and where I see myself in the next three to ten years, three to five years, um, I'm putting myself there, and that makes me happy. See, I absolutely love that, and I think right there, you speaking on this and showing that it's real. You are tapping into something a lot of people don't see behind the scenes. A lot of people think that success is getting to this point where you don't work anymore. Work is very minimal, but the most successful people, at least the people that I've come across in my life, the people that I see as truly successful, they're workaholics. They are work addicts, and I yeah. love it. Absolutely waking up 5 a.m. Like you just said, like from 5 a.m. till 10 p.m. every day at the age of 16, you are out there grinding. And I'm sure if I ask you if you had a social life, I'm pretty sure that answer is like, no. I had a girlfriend. She was awesome. You know, she dealt with it. Uh, but that was the extent of my social life. And uh, she would come over at like 10, 11. We'd hang out, talk <laughs> for a few hours, you know, whatever, go to sleep and, uh, and then wake up super early. And she dealt with that. She was cool about it. Um, but that was the extent of my social life. And once in a blue moon, I would go to a party. You know, I talk in the hallways. Right. Um, but everybody knew I never drank, never smoked. Um, not because I didn't, you know, try it and want to. I was just like hyper focused. Till this day, right. I don't drink. You know, I'm just hyper focused. I don't like being taken out of my element. I always want to be in my element. I have a ton of fun because I think I'm a little bit of a psychopath, but it's who I am. You know, otherwise you don't do this type of stuff. And, uh, and that's really it. See, I like that too. You're being focused is to me that's a drug by itself. Like there's a high that comes from being focused, being driven, knowing what you're going after. And the fact that you don't drink, you don't smoke, it's not because you're turning it down, but it's because you recognize, hey, I, I don't have time to. Plus, I don't need to be taken away from my life. Like you're actually enjoying what you're doing. Like I'm watching you in your office, walking around, pacing around. Like you enjoyed this. Yeah. Man. Like you genuinely, like before we even turned the camera on and started this. You said, like, man, I enjoy this. Like, it just came out of your mouth. You're happy with your life. Yeah. You're happy with the grind because ultimately you're building towards a future that you want. 
So let me ask you, what is that future? What are you building right now? What's that empire look like? Where are you five years from now? And who is that person? See, that, that, that vision is difficult um, for me to answer. That question is difficult for me to answer because I don't have the vision uh, ironed out yet. You know, I'm, and I don't think I ever will. I love startup culture. You know, I love technology, what it does. I love innovation. That's my passion. Um, that's my fun too. So I've always, you know, I'll give you a breakdown of my past year. I'm ironing out a business model, a prop tech, property technology business model. Uh, three months into it, investing ten, twenty thousand dollars, legal fees, accounting, sorting things out. Long story short, doesn't work out. Because I'm like, you know what? This isn't scalable. I don't think I could compete with the competitors. Um, I'm not as passionate as I would have thought about it, and uh, and it's not as groundbreaking as I initially would have thought. So I scratch it, and I move on. And while this is all going on, I'm working, you know, 15 to 18 hours a day on my real estate business. Uh, which, if you ask me, my real estate business goals: um, three years from now, I want 100 million in hard assets. Uh, that's outside of 100 million in actual transactional work, just straight hard asset rental-based uh, properties. I want 100 million, and that's where I think I'm going. Um, I'd like 100 million in a year, but I don't think I'll get it in a year. Uh, and if COVID didn't happen, I would have done better because I was in contract on a lot of things, and they all fell apart. Right. But they didn't. You know, it happened. Uh, it fell apart, and now I'm, you know, figuring that out. It was more about maintaining what I have rather than growing fast. Absolutely. Um, so I shifted and adapted to that super quick. While all my friends shot out to Miami, I was working. You know. 18 hours a day making sure nobody's going to take away from me what I've been working for so hard. I don't know why that just cut off. And that's why we got camera number two. It just cut off? Yeah, it just like randomly cut off. That happened before? That's happened like once before ever. Got it. All right. But so, uh, so in three years, I think I'll have 100 million of, hard, of real estate uh, rental properties and I'm shooting for a billion dollars by 30 I'm far off from there I need to make some big moves to get there but uh, I think I can see that's that's big right there I appreciate one I appreciate the honesty of saying hey you know like for certain aspects of my life I don't have it ironed out and that's important for a lot of people to hear and understand you can be very driven and know the direction you want to be pointed in without quite having fully figured out the actual end goal but that doesn't stop you from starting once you know the direction you want to go in you need to start walking immediately and as you start getting closer you're gonna to start to develop that picture that image yeah. will get developed a lot of people wait till everything's perfect in their mind until they feel like it to get started until they've got it all figured out you're never gonna have it all figured 100%. out. it will never be perfect you're always gonna be finding something new and what I appreciated the most is you said yo I was in this startup space and it wasn't working it just, it didn't work out the way I thought it was gonna be. I wasn't as excited about it. I couldn't compete with the competitors. It was just a time drain. It was an energy drain. It just wasn't working. So I pivoted. And a lot of people are scared to do that. They feel that once they've committed to something and once they've told people this is what I'm doing, I now have to stick with it even if it's not working for me mm -hmm. anymore. And I've been noticing you are really good about knowing who you are, what works for you. And if it's not working for you, there's no need to waste any more time on it. Get off of it, get onto what is working, exactly. double down, triple down on your strength. And that's something recently, like that's been a reoccurring theme in my own life. So it's so interesting that the conversation has come here where people need to know that. It's 
If it's not working for you, change. Figure something else out. Either replace yourself with someone who does work in that thing or get yourself to where you're valuable, to where you can provide value and you can get things done. Exactly. And to touch on that, um, I think a lot of people struggle with that because they say to themselves, oh my God, I'm going to let down X, Y, Z. And every time I hesitate, I ask myself, why am I hesitating? Who am I scared of? What am I worried about? Who's going to think what of me? Is that what I'm worried about? And then I tell myself, who? And I'm like, there is nobody. You know, my, my parents, they'll love me unconditionally, so fuck it, I could lose everything. You know, uh, although that's not the business I'm in. Yeah. You know, it's rentals, you're never going to lose anything. But regardless, you know, I'm, I tell myself, who? You know, there's, there is nobody. It's an image in our head that doesn't exist. Right. And, uh, and that's crucial. You got to reflect on that. You know, I, all I care about, my, whose opinion I care about, is my own. And so far, it's been phenomenal. You know, I work on that newspaper model um, theory. It's like, if you, whatever you do, if it's on the front page of the oh, newspaper, nice. how would you feel about it? And I always think back to that. I think we learned that what in like... I was about to say, like, I remember I got that in middle school. I went to a middle Catholic school. middle school, and they told me, they were like, hey, if you would be ashamed of what the news had to write about what you did last night, don't do it. Yeah. And I was just like... Fair enough. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And, you know, this is actually, I'm happy the conversation is going here because I want to ask you, you know, is your mindset something that you consciously work on? Is that a daily practice? Was it a thing you did a long time ago? Is it something that you don't even care about? It just, it is what it is. You're just blessed with a great mindset and an attitude towards success. Like, what's that look like? How do you develop this self-image of yourself? No, I definitely have to sharpen it all the time. You know, all the time I have to sharpen it. Everybody thinks uh, I am confident because I learn. You know, I like to learn. I, I love to learn. You always find me with books wherever I go. And um, I don't listen to many podcasts. I don't like to listen as much as I like to learn. Everybody makes fun of me. I have selective hearing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when something, I'm into something, I'm consumed by it. You know, so I'll read so much about it. And then, uh, and that's real estate right now. So, um I'm confident, you know, when I'm stepping into it. And if I don't know something, I ask. There is, I'm not ashamed of anything. You know, if I don't know, I don't know. And if you're going to look at me and tell me, not you, but if somebody looks at me and tells me like, oh, you don't know? No, I have no idea. Teach me. You know? And if you don't want to teach me, the fuck out of here. <laughs> See, and that's a beautiful thing, having that transparency, being able to admit, hey, I, I'm not sure. I don't, I, people respect that more. 100%. And ultimately, I think you're a perfect person to talk to this, um, talk on this topic as far as networking with people and working with people who may be in a position that's higher than you. So ultimately, I believe all men are created equal. All people are created equal. However, in the marketplace, we're not equal. There are people that are clearly higher, people that are clearly lower. So the marketplace is this great big divide. However, you can still work and bring value to somebody that's up here and you're here temporarily. Like This is just where you two happen to meet. So I find that a lot of people are intimidated to talk to the folks that they feel are hair when they're hair. But if you approach with the confidence and with the transparency and humbleness of saying, I don't know when you don't know, and speaking on what you do know with the confidence that, well, I do know this, they respect that ultimately. And although you might not be in the same position, you're still able to work with them because you present a character that works with them, it vibes with them and it allows them to do business with you. But so. don't forget, don't forget, you're right. 
You're 100% right, but don't forget, you have to provide those people some sort of value. You know, as I'm slowly creeping up the ladder, I'm, uh, people keep coming to me and, you know, where I was three, four years ago, and they're coming to me and asking for that help, and the first thing I ask them is, what's your competitive advantage? You know, what value do, do you provide me? And if you don't, what's my interest in working with you? You see, um, what I see in you, uh, you want, I'll tell you the truth, uh, I think yeah. you're new to the field, but you're a hustler and you're eager to learn. You know, you post about it regularly. You called me, uh, I think it was a year ago, <laughs> and you asked me questions about real estate, and I liked how interested you were. And um, and when you're posting about cold calling and all those things, to see, I don't do that anymore. Um, and I'm actually building a team around doing that. I heard of, I hired a virtual assistant yesterday. Nice. I'm building a total team. I brought in my friend from Brooklyn, who's a real hustler, who manages a lot of apartments and buildings in Connecticut. That's really interesting, getting the island. So we're building that little company. And what I see in you is potentially doing some JV stuff, um, you know, with bringing in projects maybe that are out of your reach or that you're not confident in yet. And I'll be your strategic side, um, putting it into my system. You know, that's one. Two, you got a podcast going on, and that's got value to it, right? People want to be heard. Uh, you know, lots of guys in business are narcissists. So I could see you going out there and meeting a lot of big shots because you've got a podcast, and they want to be on a podcast and get their reach out, and everybody loves talking about themselves. So uh, that's your competitive advantage. That's the value you bring to the table, you know? That I One, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words that you notice the hustle because I do put it out there. I do grind so that people can know exactly what it is I'm doing that way later on. This is all part of the mission to be able to come back and say, like, yo, guys, I told you. Set your mindset first. Create the mindset. Put in the hustle. Work. And let time do its thing. Just stay with it and stay consistent. And ultimately, you know, as far as seeing value, and recognizing, you know, like you said, the podcast, right? It's bringing value to people. This is something I really thought about and I got intentional about. I recognize this as a platform. I want this to be a platform that ultimately brings value to you, that you're now, your voice is reaching a new audience yeah. of people that it's my network. You haven't tapped into my network, and I'm recognizing that's so important. That's why people work and collaborate with one another. It's because you have your own network that I don't know who those people are. I have my network where you don't know who those people are. And on both of our sides, there's potential for a seed to be planted and it to grow into something just amazingly yeah. huge. And I think that is something, I don't know if it was taught to you. It wasn't taught to me. It wasn't mentioned. It wasn't uttered. I came from, so my family's immigrants as well. Where are you from? Uh, Trinidad. My mother's Trinidad. Oh, my father's Jamaican. So they both came here in the country as adults. And they really brought the culture with them. And with that being said, in the home, we came from a place of, we don't go out and tell people our secrets. We don't talk to people openly and things kind of all stay in the house. So my parents weren't big on going out and networking and they were hard workers. They just went to work, they came home, stayed with the family. Work, family, work, family. That's how my parents That are. was it. So we did great for ourselves. We literally built up from nothing. Came here, they got their first house in Queens moved to Long Island, kept the house in Queens. It's been a rental property for the last 25 years. It's valuable. We have another property in Brooklyn. We have two properties down in Georgia. Oh, wow. So we built up this little tiny war chest, a nice little humble war chest for our family. But ultimately, it never expanded past that because we never branched into other networks, into what other people can do for us and what we can do for them. 
I'm now bringing that to my family, but ultimately it's brand new information to me. And I know if it's new information to me, it's also new information for a lot of other people. When I ask them, hey, like, what do you guys think about networking? What, like going out to a party? No, like, you know, strategically meeting people that you can provide value to them, they can provide value to you. Creating strategic friendships. If I'm gonna make a friend with anyone anyway, why not do it in a way where we both benefit one another mm-hmm. instead of going and creating a friend that, yeah, you're just here for a good time, you're just here for a party. What's the purpose? Well, that's almost every friendship, right? It's, uh, you know, what, what do they bring you? And if it's fun, then that's the type of friend you have, right? That's the relationship you have, which is awesome. And then the question is, what's everybody's fun? Right. You know, so you might have your parkour friends and you have your business friends, and both of them provide something that the other side doesn't provide. And that's okay. You know, that's awesome. You know, you're, you're, this is your life at the end of the day. So I totally agree with everything you're saying, and, uh, and I surround myself mostly with um, mostly very high-level guys. You know, high-level businessmen um, that we hit it off and we talk a lot and they love that I love to learn and I love that they are where they are. All of them are self-made, believe it or not, that I surround myself with, maybe just because I haven't landed on it on any friendships with people that aren't self-made. But, um, but so far, everybody's self-made and they're awesome people and they're usually way older than me from like 30 to uh, 80 nice you know and uh funny enough i hang out with them all the time i don't care if they're 30 i don't care if they're 80 you know i'm 24 so uh there is a huge age range over there but at the end of the day we're all talking about the same things we're interested in the same things and you know no matter what age somebody is it's as a man it's almost always the same thing and as a woman it's always almost always the same thing yep it's absolutely true you know so let me ask you because i find this in my own personal life so i'm curious if it's the same for you I find that the people that have attracted to me, that I'm attracted to, that start to come into my network and into my life are reflections of myself. That they, there's something in me that's resonating and pulling us all together. So you just said you meet with these guys, 30, 40, 50, 80 years old, self-made. I look at you and I'm like, self-made. Like I know your story, your backstory. You're a self-made guy. You're a self-made man, and you're continuing to build an empire. So when you say to me, like, yeah, I'm hanging out with these dudes that are 50 years old, but they're self-made, and I don't know any trust fund babies, or like, I don't really connect with trust fund babies who just had the silver spoon, who are those sort of individuals, like, yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. So do you find in your life that you start to attract more of what you are of yourself, just in other people? Yeah, I think so. I think you hit it right on the money. I think you really did, actually. It's a good, great way to put it. Um, I never thought that deeply into it, but coming from you, you know, like you saying that, I put the image in my head and I definitely have to agree. You know, I met, I meet so many trust fund babies and kids and it's not that I dislike them. I don't, you know, they're usually cool guys, but man, either the vision isn't there or they don't know what it's like to appreciate what we had to come from, you know, so that connection just isn't there the way it you know, sometimes is like a lot of guys, I'll head out, you know, I'm doing a project in the Hamptons. So I'm always shooting out there. I'm looking for more projects there. I'm trying to buy a motel out there. I'm trying to build something else out there. Um, I'm trying to open a 7-Eleven gas station out there, like oh, all nice. sorts of things. Yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to get my hands into everything over there. And uh, cause it's its own world. And I never went to the Hamptons growing up. The once in a while drives I would do is when we would pack up our van Get this, we would pack up our van that we would do mattress deliveries out of. My father would bust his ass morning to night, and he would say, you know, 
let's uh it's saturday at one o'clock there's no deliveries let's go drive by the hamptons see the houses you know appreciate what people have built that's how i was brought up not like you know so we would drive out there we'd look at these houses and I'd say one day we'll have that house, and you know he would always they would always reassure me and my parents one day we will because of you, you know and uh, and I loved hearing that and I was always like one day I promise we'll have it we'll have it you know and now I'm out there building sixteen. Uh, yo, I love it, but you have no idea how powerful that is to me, and it's so funny you say that because this is something I don't share with a lot of people. Growing up, I would actually like ride my bike or drive my car when I finally got a car. And I would drive through nice neighborhoods. I would go into like Garden City and go yeah. into Hewlett Harbor. And I would actually just slowly cruise around the neighborhood and pretend I was driving home. Pretend I was going to one of my houses. That's awesome. I even at one point pulled into a driveway. And I pulled all the way into the driveway and just pretended I was coming in. Now, weird story. When I did this, I pulled in far enough that they had a kitchen with a full glass No, door. don't tell and me they were I there. look, and the entire family is sitting having a no. meal. And I'm just like this black kid <gasps> sitting in my car, in my Honda, in their driveway, and I'm like... And like they're just like freaking out a little bit. I just slowly just start backing out. And That's hilarious. Out. But I used to do the same thing. I had to get a little bit of a taste of it so I can know what it's like to envision it in here and then ultimately bring it into this world out here. Even, I was just talking to a friend of mine, I was like, yo, let's go test drive some M3s and some M4s. Because ultimately, I like fast cars. I know I'm gonna buy a fast, like, I don't, I'm not materialistic, but I'm gonna buy some fast cars because I enjoy driving them for the actual experience of driving. Yeah, and that's so fine. I wanna go sit and get the feel of it and start to teach my body and train my body and ultimately train my mind on, hey, you're gonna acquire this, you're gonna make this happen. And you know, a lot of people would say like, yo, that's weird. You know, and it is weird. And you know what? I'm fucking weird, man. I am weird. You know, like I'll sit down for four hours on on my floor. I'll lay down and just think. That's weird. You know, but that's part of it. That's part of it. You have to be, you know, I used to love, I think it was Dr. Seuss. You have to be odd to be number one. And it's the truth. It is. You know? And you know what's funny? You say it's weird to lay down and think for a few hours. I think it's weird to not. I truly, like, people don't think. Like, really... One of uh, Bob Proctor always says, uh, you know, two percent of people think, three percent of people uh, think they think, and ninety-five percent of people don't think at all. And it's true. You really walk around, you see people; they're just not using this. And ultimately, this is where everything else comes from. So the fact that you would lay there and you would train your brain, train your mind, it shows now because your results. Ultimately, when you're doing that. You're consciously training your subconscious conditioning, which is changing the vibrancy of your body, which is changing the actions that you take, which is changing the results that you achieve, which ultimately feed back into the loop and create more of that result. Yeah. So ultimately, I think it's not crazy at all, and I'm happy to hear that you actively do think and that you use that mind every single day. So let me ask you, with your social media, your social media account is well put together. Your Instagram, like you think so? I think so. At least. I think it's weak. What? All right. Well, from my opinion, it looks it looks good. Like I, I look at it, I'm like, all right, he's he's out there grinding, he's meeting good people, he's enjoying his life, and it it paints a pretty picture of your life. And we kind of tapped into the fact that well, there's a lot of work going on behind. So, what are some of the struggles that people don't see? Like, what? I want to know basically, have there been moments where you have just been at that breaking point where you're like, I want to quit, 
Like you're just like an inch away from just giving up and just saying screw this and I'm just gonna go get a typical nine to five and No, that's never happened. No, that's definitely never happened. Yo, I love it. That <laughs> not even close to ever happened. You know? Um it's more so like, you know, almost crying at night from how much pain my body's in or my mind's in or that I can't sleep. You know, I slept three and a half hours last night. To be exact, three hours, 45 minutes I slept last night. Wow. Um, every day this week I've slept like three to four hours. And, uh, and sometimes my body's screaming at me. I don't drink coffee, you know, and I, I, I think I should, but I don't want to. I don't want to rely on something to give me that energy. I mean, you're the same there. Yeah. I love it. And uh, and I'm just like, man, it's, it's two in the morning. I worked, you know, say 16 hours that day. And I'm back home and I'm just writing down my ideas. And I'm just like, just fucking sleep, man. Just sleep, you know, and just sleep. Wake up in the morning, get back to it. But uh, so that's definitely brutal on a regular basis. But I also take trips, you know, to offset that. Mm. I'll take a four day trip, shut off my phone for two days. Nobody talk to me. Um, see sights, go snowboarding, go surfing, something exciting, not talk to anyone. Sometimes I go alone, sometimes I go with family, sometimes I go with friends and refresh and come back. I meditate, you know, for 10, 20 minutes to get that, you know, that refresh, you know, quick. And uh, I do things like that. I get a lot of chest pains all the time from all the pressure I'm under. Um, and, uh, and when that happens, you know, I usually cut everybody off give myself a few hours to just think and it goes away and then I'm back to it you know nice. I, yeah, that's important right there and I think that's a natural part of the game it's a natural part of the cycle it's a natural part of life as you do a lot you're capable of a lot but also you need to relieve that pressure you know I like using the analogy of a hot hot water heater right that thing we all got in our basement gives us hot water for our showers that thing is capable of heating water up to excess of 400 degrees Celsius, right? And it can do this for a long time, 15, 20 years if you take care of it. However, every one of those boilers down there, they have a pressure relief valve, right? So it has to release the pressure on the inside. If that pressure relief valve does not function, that hot water heater will blow up within a week. Something that could last 15 to 20 years will explode and implode within one week because it didn't release the pressure. So you saying that you go and take four day trips or you sit and meditate, that's your pressure relief. And that's important for people to know, like, yeah, you do get stressed out. You do start to redline the vehicle that is your body, but you start to back off. You recognize the signs of like, okay, I've been redlining the car a little bit too hard. Let me back off, let me rest, let me do what it needs to recuperate, whether that be chilling with friends or chilling alone. And ultimately, you use your mind to think, what do I need in this moment? Yeah. Not just, well, what's everyone else doing? Everyone's going to the bar on Saturday, let me go to the bar on Saturday. No, that's not what I need. Maybe I need to sit in my room and stare at the fucking wall for two hours and not talk to a soul. Yeah. That's sometimes what you need. So that's cool to see that you're so in tune with yourself, with the vehicle that is your human body, and you recognize and respect, or at least it sounds like you really recognize and respect it, which is insane. I don't think a lot of guys tap into that, especially, I'm, I won't even say like this young, a lot of people in general don't tap into that. And I'm sure you've noticed this as you've gone out and you've met a lot of individuals who don't quite understand why their bodies are constantly hurting, why they're constantly, things aren't quite working out all the time. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, you're ignoring the signs that your body is giving to you. You need to listen, be on team, like 
this and me, like we're not our bodies, we have bodies, right? I mean, I don't know if you agree with that, but that's something I preach to everyone I speak to, especially kids when I talk to them. Like, you are not your body. Listen to the language you use. My hand, my arm, my leg, my chest. Who's the my that all this stuff belongs to, right? You are this conscious being. You are this, you're this mind, right? And you control the body, absolutely. You work with the body, you're connected to the body, but you are not the body. So when the body starts giving you feedback, you need to listen to that feedback. The same way if your car started clonking out on you and started giving you feedback, you would listen to the car because you are separate from the car and you recognize the car needs things that you don't quite require, but the car requires. So that's, uh, that's really cool, man. So Well said. Yeah, man. So I wanna ask you um, like two more questions, really. Um, when you find people to work with, what is it that you are looking for in individuals that you decide, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with you, I'm gonna go forward with you? Do you have a set criteria? Is there like a certain thing that is foundational to a relationship that you have as a work relationship? I mean, almost with everybody, it's a comparative advantage to me. You know, what's what makes them different from me and how can our strengths uh, be utilized to maximize what we're going for. So I've had a lot of partners that, two specifically, that fucked me real bad um, in our business. So ever since that, I, I pivoted, you know, and it's more so been taking on investors. And I haven't taken on active investors. I've taken on investors that have their own lives and their own businesses. And they, uh, you know, they utilize me as their vehicle to acquire real estate and partner with them and get the construction done and everything. And we go over, uh, you, you know, we go over financials like once a month, once every quarter, once every six months with some people. Um, that's, that's where I'm at right now because of those guys that have hurt me. Now I'm bringing on uh, more partners again for things that I don't necessarily uh, succeed at, like sourcing deals on a larger basis than what I'm doing right now. Right now I'm sourcing deals just to buy them all. Um, and I'm looking all day long, but I'm one person at the end of the day. So now I'm building an acquisition, an acquisition team with somebody who's passionate about sourcing deals, and uh, he can't really hurt me. You know, I'm trying to think of ways that he can hurt me, and the worst thing I could think of is he takes a deal from me. You know, and at the end of the day, that would just be a, sh a reflection of his character, which I don't think he'll do. You know, I think we have an aligned vision to find properties. Basically, my side will acquire them, and he'll get his uh, his fees. You know, for finding those properties and dealing with it. And in the meantime, he's plugging into my system that I have here, and uh, I have the buy side taken care of. So he's really happy about that. And he wants to stay and figure out how to find more properties all day. I think that's a really great comparative advantage on his end, and it uh, aligns with what I'm trying to do. So I picked him. You know, we're working together. Other than that, it's financial investors. If they're too much of a headache, I'll tell them, please, I don't want to work with you. Uh, and I've done that many times. I've told guys, heavy guys, you know, with tons of money, I'm like, I just don't want to work with you. You know, no offense. Um, it's not me, it's you. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I don't like your attitude towards things. Oh, somebody put me down once. He, um, we're in a room filled with people going over projects, talking about things, and they called me to the meeting. And the guy has the audacity to make fun of me. He tells me, like, what I've built is not a big deal, whatever. He's got more than me. He said, you know, more power to you. You're 54 years old, whatever it is. But good luck on your own because I'm not working with you, you know. 
And then it turned to like, you're only a kid. Who are you to tell me I'm not working with you? I'm like, I'm Milan Avgi, bro. You know, I, I'm who I am. I'm telling you, I'm not going to work with you, for you, nothing in my life. You know, and if you want it to get rough, I'm right here. You know, I'm not, I'm not nobody's bitch. You know? I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Because you are, you're self-aware, man. You know who you are. You know the value you bring. You know what you want. And you're not willing to let people compromise on your core principles, on who you are. And you're not going to let people step on that. Now, it's something that's tough for a lot of guys, especially when they're young and they're stepping into a space where you're coming in and, you know, your partners are potentially these 55-year-old guys who are established who have a track record who have funding who have money who have experience and, and you always have to gauge the room you know you always have to gauge who you're talking to what they bring to the table what you don't you know this meeting specifically i told you about i got called there to help them raise money for projects in the pipeline so they wanted me i didn't want them you know and then when they're telling me they're trying to put me down and tell me why they're better than me and everything i don't want any part of that right you know, when I'm having a great conversation with somebody like yourself, if you bring me a project, you know, we'd figure out some sort of JV or something where you're happy and I'm happy. And if not, Marlon, good luck. I'm here to support you 100%. And uh, maybe you can make it make the more money on somebody else. And I'm here for you. And I'll guide you. I'll sit in, in with those meetings with you. But it's not for me. Right. You know, and, and that's okay. And I think that's something that a lot of people like don't respect anymore and it's just like hey we don't need to if we can't create a win-win we don't have to do this we don't have to get into a relationship we don't have to get into a partnership we don't have to work together and it doesn't mean that we hate each other it doesn't mean we now need to be enemies it just means hey this isn't working for me or this isn't working for you so let's go let's not settle on each other there's no need to settle on each other but that's something you only know once you start to tap into knowing who you are knowing what you want when you're clear on that you now recognize the difference between settling and making things work and making yeah. things good for everyone. So that's really cool, man. I appreciate hearing that answer. That's actually a ridiculously cool answer. I was not expecting Thank that. you. Um, so now it's one of my favorite questions, last two. One, what's one of your favorite books to read? Oh, man. <laughs> so there's one book I don't, I don't recommend it to everyone because it's a, it's a serious book. Like, you need to have an open mind. And... Uh, my good friend, first investor, and tennis buddy, Mike Seaman, actually recommended it to me. And he's recommended so many books. And I pick them up and I'm like, this is okay, this is okay, this is okay. He's like, you gotta read this one. And it's called Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Zero to One. Zero to One by Peter Thiel. He recommended this book. I didn't pick up a book for three months. Three months I didn't want to look at another book because it opened my mind so much. And once in a blue moon I recommend it to somebody that I think really should should read it you know like it it's a very specific book for a specific type of person it's if you want to be like an ultra ultra businessman and large-scale person like a bezos peter thiel elon musk type of guy that's not for everybody and that's okay a lot of people build a business make tons of money make hundreds of millions of dollars a year but that's not zero to one you know so uh so anyway that's my all-time favorite book Another book I do like a lot and I recommend it to a ton of people just so they stay real to who they are and appreciate what's behind the scenes is called Inside the Magic Kingdom. Um, I recommend that all the time. It's a great book. Uh, it outlines Disney and what really goes on. And um, they're real. They walk the walk. And um, 
you know, one of my mentors, somebody I idolized named Michael Schwo, he recommended that book to me. He actually bought it and gave it to me. Uh, when I would used to, I used to go into his office in the city and learn from him. He's a major developer, self-made guy, really cool guy. Um, so I like that book too. And uh, then there's another business book. It's a little boring. It's dry, but it's extremely uh, informational, and it's definitely good for anybody in business, no matter what stage you're at, because it makes you reflect on building systems and what you really should do. That's called. The E Myth Revisited. I had a feeling you were going to say that. By Michael E. Gerber. You read it? Yeah, that's a, that one I'd recommend. If anyone ever says they're thinking about starting a business, I say don't do it until you read this book. Yeah, it's a great book. Don't start anything until you read this book. Great book. Man, that's awesome. I, you, dude, the zero to one, like your whole energy, your, this whole room just like felt the vibe as yeah. you started talking about that. So, And it kind of puts into my mind the scale that you're really looking to go to. So that's insane. That was the best recommendation on a book I think I've ever heard. Yeah. So now I'm very curious to go check it out. And I don't even think I want to get to that Bezos level, but that zero to one Mate, recommendation. You should buy it. the book, put it on the side for a year, and then read it. Because I'm it. telling you, it's like a high level, big thinking book. It's like you really need to want to become and forget billion ultra billionaire. You know, you could do it in a nonprofit world. You need to want to revolutionize this planet. Okay. Um, you know, at, with throughout that book, and uh, you'll like it. That's big. All right, I like that a lot. So yeah, you know, it's funny. A funny story. Uh, one of my second, he's my second cousin, uh, Sean Magira. He's uh, also a really good friend of mine. He's like, I need a book that will change my life, and I'm like, you know what? Read this book. I gave him zero to one, and uh, I haven't. I didn't hear from him in like two weeks, and two weeks later, he's like, hey. Uh, shutting down my business he's doing he's making twenty thousand dollars a month wow he's like i'm shutting down my business starting everything over this is not what i want to do i'm going to revolutionize something eventually and when i figure it out it's going to be a game changer in the meantime i'm going to do things much higher level and make much more money much faster um so i can get there and you know i spoke to him a few hours ago uh, I hope he doesn't mind, Sean. I hope you don't mind. Um, he's he's doing eleven thousand in daily sales right now. Wow! On a new business, he started it a month ago. A month ago, and he's giving all the credit to the fact that I recommended him this book that made him drop everything he was doing. And I'm so proud of him, Sean. I'm proud of you. See, that's insane right there because that to me is proof. That's living testimony of the power of getting this right first. Taking a book, taking that information, absorbing that information and letting it come into you, it changes everything. It changes perception, it changes reality, it changes action. Everything gets warped by what you know. Having that having that knowledge, having that information in you, that's a game changer. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited, man. So now my final question, and this one's my favorite. So let's imagine that you forget everything you know. Right? Tomorrow morning you wake up, you don't remember anything but you don't remember your name you don't remember who you are you don't remember your friends that you've made you don't remember any of the technical skills that you built up until this point nothing however you are left with one bit of wisdom one bit of knowledge that you know to be true for a fact and you won't ever question it like you just know this bit of information and you don't know why you know it but you know it's right and you're never going to question it what is that information that's left in your head what do you want to be left there 
multifamily real estate's a foolproof way to make money. That way I can build on that. I love that. That'll give me a base. If I had nothing other than one thought, it would be that multifamily real estate is a foolproof way to uh, make residual income. Damn. You know what I really appreciate about that answer? What? That you sat and thought that you really just sat and like you're like let me think about what I'm gonna say I'm thinking to myself like rental real estate but I'm like it's not true you know because retail takes dives regularly um you know industrial is uh location based you know multifamily is foolproof anywhere in the country North Dakota had a stint temporarily but section 8 is always there to back you up um and then you could build on that and learn everything from there. No, that's absolutely true. I mean, our multifamilies have never gone south, ever. Like, they've always been good to us. Always How many open. years? 30 years? This is, we're going to be coming up on 30 years, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so it's just, it, you're absolutely right. So that's a wonderful piece of advice. That's something that a lot of people can think about as they start to build, as their brains start thinking about, well, what can I start doing for the future? That's a beautiful seed to plant. Plant it in your head think on it, ponder on it, and let that grow into something. So, Alon, I seriously appreciate this so much. This was crazy valuable for me. This was crazy. I know it's going to be crazy valuable for everyone that's listening. And for people that want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? How can they get in contact with you? They can hop on my social media anywhere, uh, at Alon Avgi. Unlike everything, I think Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, uh, just DM me and I answer everyone. So uh, I will answer you. Um, I get hit with tons of DMs. I answer tons of questions and I, I love to, uh, you know, tell people my feedback and opinions on everything that they want to do and ideas. It's uh, I think it's what it's all about. Dude, awesome. Yo, man. Thanks so much. Hell yeah. It was a pleasure. That was fun. Good podcast great podcast awesome okay guys so i really hope you enjoyed that interview once again i ask that if you receive any value at all i mean anything if one thing stood out to you leave a comment below let people know what that thing was let us know what it was we do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend that is how we help each other okay the best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow send that out to your friends help them grow Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe. Make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.